0: The bat signal has been lit. Go through the grandfather clock, secret entrance, and head back to the Bat Cave. It's time to revisit the Batman animated series with your hosts, Adam and Nick. In this episode, Chris fills in for Nick
1: as always i'm your host adam and with me this time is my co-host chris chris how's it going
2: doing well adam happy to be joining you here once again my friend how are you doing tonight
1: i'm doing pretty well and uh, i gotta say it's been a while since you and i have done uh dc comics chronicles specifically uh we've done a couple of daredevil centric episodes we've done a few ninja turtles and uh, and now we're back here uh doing some dc talk which is appropriate because the flash as of this recording is one week a little bit less than one week away uh for for both of us um so in light of the flash um coming out and featuring not one but two batman uh chris and i discussed the idea of doing a sort of our lists of our favorite uh, Batman moments throughout all the live-action films that he's appeared in starting with Batman the movie which was the uh, movie that accompanied uh, the Batman 66 uh, series um, so that's what we're gonna do uh, tonight um, and we're gonna run all the way from Batman the movie which I think it was called all the way through the Batman um, so <laughs> There, that's about a uh, what was it, 40, 50 something on there a year gap <laughs> in between,
0: 50 something, right?
1: yeah, 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 56 year, year, year uh, history. Um, but before that, as we always do on the show, if there's any DC related news, uh, we tell you about it and we share our thoughts about it. And tonight, there still happens to be a couple of pieces of DC news, so. As you know, Chris, and as most of our viewers and listeners will know, um, James Gunn and Peter Safran are kicking a uh, brand new uh, sort of refreshed DC universe uh, on film. They're kicking off uh, officially, like officially official in 2025 with the James Gunn written and directed Superman Legacy uh now james gunn having fulfilled all his commitments to marvel via guardians of the galaxy volume three is now uh fully entrenched and working on his dc responsibilities uh yeah uh, chief among them superman legacy and uh, we've begun or we're in the midst of the casting phase um and so recently we've gotten uh, a report from Uh, the Hollywood trade uh, deadline. Uh, This has been backed up by by the other trades that on around Father's Day or the Monday or Tuesday after Father's Day, there will be a second round of screen tests occurring, uh, this one being uh, in person on camera. uh, And it will feature three uh, actors testing for Clark Kent slash Superman, Spoilers if you didn't know the car can, that Clark and Superman were one and the same. And Lois Lane. Uh, so, the three actors uh, testing for Superman are Nicholas Holt, David David Cornswet, and Tom Brittany. Uh, testing for Lois Lane are Emma McKay, Rachel Brosnahan, and Phoebe... Uh, Diane Vor, or I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Dan, Danver, I, don't, I don't know how to pronounce that. I'm not good with names, uh, but those are the three on each side. So Chris, let me take it away. Let, let me let you take it away. Uh, of that <clears throat> list of Clark Kent, do you have a favorite? Is there one particular one that you're pulling for? Or what are your thoughts on all three of them?
2: I mean, not really, because I'm, to be honest, not really familiar with their work. Well, with Nicholas Holt, I am. Nicholas Holt's been around the block for a little while. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm mostly familiar with him from his work in the X-Men franchise Mm -hmm. and uh, Mad Max Fury Road. I haven't seen him yet in Renfield, which I heard he's really good in that. Um, Mm -hmm. I I think Nicholas Holt would be a better... Lex than uh clark kent slash superman um i i if they were gonna cast him, I would think he would do really well in that role, so no, I don't have a favorite um but I'm looking forward to seeing how everything shakes out um
1: yeah uh, for me um I'm most familiar with nicholas holt uh because like you said he he was uh, beast in in the x-men franchise or one of the versions of x-men continuity there, there are multiple um i i also saw him in the um he played uh talking in the movie that was based on uh jr tolkien uh i think uh i can't remember what it was called but i know that he played him uh, I haven't seen Renfeld yet, but I've heard uh, uh, from friends of the show who have seen it that he's really good in it. Um, Corn Sweat seems to be the Twitter favorite. Uh, yeah. Um, and the third guy, um, let me double check his name, um, Tom Brittany, I've never heard of before. Um, let me just. i I, again i don't have a preference whichever one of the three you know uh, gets the role and here's why one i'm not a casting director and i'm not a director so who who am i to say who's right for a role uh when i just consume the thing and if i if i enjoy the performance hey he was really good in this and if i didn't he was really bad but i don't know the ins and outs of acting i don't know what it requires you know like that's not my my field of expertise so really who am i to say yeah that it's going to be that person or else um so that's one thing the the second thing is there uh, there are a lot of people uh, in your in, you know that are in the camp that you are which is you know nicholas holt would they think that nicholas holt would probably be better as as clark uh sorry as lex uh but you know and some are like some have said, well, I can't see when looking at him, I can't see Superman. Well, just I'm playing devil's advocate here. I can definitely see Clark Kent. And mainly because playing Hank McCoy, you know, I've seen him with glasses, I've seen the nerdy look. You could pull that off. In terms of I can't see the Superman, you know, line of thinking, let me just take you back and do a little history. When Christopher Reeve was being brought to the attention of, of Richard Donner by the casting director, you know, when they would bring his picture and resume up. His picture and resume would always be put at the bottom of a long pile. Because they couldn't see this scrawny, dirty blonde kid as Superman. Well, this scrawny, dirty blonde kid got the role of Superman. and. The rest is history so like just because you don't immediately see um you know the superman look doesn't mean it's not there um you know with working out a hairstyle change you know all those things the costume itself you know all those things so i'm not willing to say hey i'm gonna write." A-. like look just by visuals, in terms of a Superman look, David Corneswet has all the you know all the characteristics of the prototypical Superman, right? From the little bit that I know of the three or of the two of the three, Nicholas Holt is the better actor of the two. From the little bit that I've seen of Corneswet, not to say that Corneswet isn't good, um, it just I'm just going off what I've seen. So. I don't know. Uh, again, whoever James Gunn casts, the, guy, the guy's made six uh, comic book properties, <laughs> you know, or five or six. And I've liked all of them. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, whoever the choice ultimately is for Clark Kent and Superman. What about the Lost things? Anybody stand up for you uh, in that area?
2: uh really the only one that i know is rachel brosnahan Mm -hmm. and that's from um you know miss mazel yeah and i think she's great in that i i from what i've seen of her i think she could pull off lois um she is 32 so uh you know i don't know if she's on the upper end of the age range that they're looking for because i know they want to go Younger with Clark, and that's been stated as one of the reasons why Henry Cavill's not returning to the role. Mm. Um, but you know, I think from what I've seen of her, I think she has the acting chops and and the look to pull it off.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, she's the one, uh, like she has the look. I've seen a bit of her in the in the show that you mentioned, so and she could definitely pull it. She's very much in the vein of, like I see that that. You know, Margot Kidder, um, Bitsy Tolok kind of vibe from her. Um, so I see it. But again, if any of the three get this, whichever one of the three get it, and ultimately if it's a wild card that we haven't seen on this list, so be it. Because, again, I'm going to trust James Gunn. Because so far he hasn't steered me wrong with his... Superhero endeavors. Yeah, he's, um, he's
2: pretty good at casting. I think
1: yeah, so um, You know, I'm, I'm good either way uh, To be honest with you uh, and It seems one. like
2: it seems like as a director he has a lot of goodwill in the industry, too So he seems like the kind of guy that people might you know want to work for
1: a lot of people seem to like him I think around across all the studios even I think uh, you know, I'm sure Marvel, uh, is 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 uh, you know bummed to lose him? Uh, look, Universal, I I, I I I bet you you know anything that Universal would love him to ha- to have him in his monster in the mon for the monster uh, division, right? Uh, so a lot of studios would probably cover a guy like him. So I think DC fans are very lucky in that respect that he's the co-head of of DC Studios and. You're going to get a lot of goodwill from actors wanting to come in and and work for him. So I think we're 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 being spoiled with a lot of riches in terms of James Gunn creatively and just the reputation he has around Hollywood. Um, for me, I think ultimately. I know you mentioned them wanting to cast younger, and, and just to clarify, James Gunn has said younger, but he also clarified he goes you know because there, there was a report going well you're gonna cast somebody who's 25 right and he's like i never said 25 he's like basically we we just need to start superman younger than 40 because if you have a 10-year plan you know you're going to need this guy for 10 years uh looking at the ages uh, at least of the two that i know the two superman actors that are in contention that i know um Corn sweat is 29 and i believe holt is 30 31 or 32 um so by the you know by the by the time the 10-year you know the, the start of the 10-year plan is is in place then you know i think either could could fulfill the the duties that are required so i don't think bosnahan should be disqualified you know because she's 31 or 32. i think ultimately go with the, who whichever of the of the of the people on each side that gives the best audition that's the one who should get it Outside of everything else, the person who delivers the best performance should get the role. Uh, is my philosophy. So, whoever gets it obviously fulfilled that requirement, and I will put my full support behind whichever pairing uh, gets the coveted roles. And we will cover that announcement right here on this show when that goes down, probably around Comic Con if they can keep it a secret until the end of July. Good luck with that, or middle of July, whatever it is, but good luck with that. Um, I don't think it's going to stay a secret until San Diego Comic Con, just my thought. Uh, but we'll see. If, if, if he can tighten security to, to that level, <clears throat> then James Gunn is already a step ahead of his of his predecessors. <laughs> if he can manage that. Um, all right, so the second bit of news that that kind of, relates to what we're gonna you know the main topic tonight uh, as we know uh, uh, there has been talk for years of an extended edition of Batman forever uh, it's uh, uh, Joel Schumacher himself back in the day uh, talked about it in certain interviews and such you know it's a much more uh, a character-driven, a little bit darker, more serious uh, cut of, of Batman Forever, that totals uh, 170 minutes uh, uh, runtime, which is quite a bit longer than uh, the uh, the uh, theatrical cut of uh, the only cut we have of Batman uh, Forever. I think Batman Forever is around two hours and five minutes or so so 170 minutes would be an added what 40 to 50 minutes uh, of material um well that's gaining some traction because kevin smith who is a uh, you know who were fans of through masters of the universe revelation and, and soon-to-be revolution i uh, said has said that he has a copy of this 170 minute uh, cut of for, and he's going to Uh, Review it at one of his upcoming uh, shows uh, that he does Um, so Chris uh, My question to you is Would you be interested in seeing an alternate cut of Batman forever and do you think we will ever see it?
2: Mm, Of course, I would be interested in seeing it. Uh, I'm always in favor of the director's vision, you know Mm -hmm. um being uh being able to be seen but specifically with with this movie the rumors that you've heard for years are that it's a much darker cut of the movie and that it explores more of the uh psychological aspects of it like batman's dual psyche um and that's one of the reasons that chase meridian is a character in the movie because she uh she's a doctor in, in that area. And from what I've heard from the rumors that are out there from people, um, you know, it, it delves into a lot of more of that type of stuff and, and not so uh not so much focused on the, the the campy theatrics of everything. Um but do I do I think we'll ever see it? I don't and one reason why is because you know, okay, so so Kevin Smith says the version that he's seen has, um, you know, it's a cut that has, like, temp music. So they would have to get someone to actually come in and redo uh, parts of the score and stuff like that. And without now that Joel Schumacher isn't with us anymore, I'm not sure who takes the lead in that type of project. And uh, it, I'm not sure who I'd want to take the lead in that type of project. If Joel Schumacher was still here and was able to say, yes i want to finish this movie and uh, i want to i want to do my cut of it my version of it then yeah but i'm not sure how i feel about anybody else getting their hands on it
1: well i think he did say that he would like he would have liked to that's something that he would have wanted to do i think in one of the interviews he he would he said he had hoped that one day would see the light of day um so i'm gonna say that i think it will get done uh and i think it would it would be done by you know somebody close to joel you know one of the you know one of his producers at the time or maybe akiva Goldsman comes in and and and, and he sort of helps the process out i think that it will happen and i think uh that if it's going to happen it's going to happen in in two years time in 2025 and i'll tell you why because twenty twenty five is the thirtieth anniversary of Batman Forever. If you're gonna do it, what better time than a nice number like the thirtieth anniversary? So that's that's my feeling on it. I I, I hope they do do it, because um, I'd love to see it. Um, I mean, look, the more Batman you want to give me, the happier I'll be. Uh, and I quite enjoyed the, the kind of forever that we do have. So to see a somewhat darker iteration of that, um, interests me a lot. So here's hoping it happens. Uh, you know, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see what, what, how, how Kevin reviews it. I'd be interested to see what he has to say about it. And then if we ever do hear any news about it officially happening, uh we'll we'll tell you about that if we if we find out about it so stay tuned um but that's all the news we have uh for this edition of the show so we're going to take a quick break and on the other side of the break we're going to break down our favorite moments from films live action films featuring batman ahead of his multiple appearances (laughs) by multiple different actors in the flash. So stay tuned. We'll be right back.
0: What's up everyone. It's the Emerald Enthusiast. For all of your multiverse viewing and listening needs, check out our shows, which include Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Ghostbusters, Power Rangers, the Marvel Universe, and the DC Universe, including the Emerald Echo podcast. You can check us out on Podbean and remember to subscribe right here on YouTube. That's the Multiverse Musings Podcast Network. From the first podcast to the last.
1: And we're back. And as promised, we're going to go through our favorite moments from each live action film featuring Batman. So, Chris, start us off with Batman the movie, the Adam West and Burt Ward adventure on the big screen.
2: Okay, so we're starting with this movie because chronologically it comes first in Batman yeah. cinematic appearances. But I would like you to know that when I thought we were doing our top 10 Batman moments from mm-hmm. cinema, this was my number 1.
1: Oh, fantastic. This is great.
2: Cool. I'm a big Batman 66 fan. I grew up with the movie. My name on seen. Twitter is Commodore Schmidlap, like I love the movie. Um, so the best the best scene in this movie for me and my favorite Batman scene of all time is Some days you just can't get we ri- get rid of a bomb.
1: Oh um, It's a classic. Yeah,
2: it's so good. It's it's so ridiculous um, Batman running everywhere all over this one dock and he's being met by pe- ladies with strollers and marching bands and all kinds of ridiculousness um, until he's finally able to dispose of the the bomb over the edge. Of, well, he tries to drop it over the edge of the um, the pier, yeah, and yeah. and there's people sitting in the boat right below him, and he has to turn <laughs> around and run back. So you, you know, the bomb explodes off camera. You just see some shaking, some shimmying of the camera. Yeah, um, yeah. And then uh, Batman says how trusty that he was able to shield himself behind some pipes um it's so absurd it's the height of ridiculousness um but when i was a kid it didn't get any better than that scene and it's still my favorite
1: yeah it's it's fantastic it was one of my options but i had a i had two options so that in case you know there might be overlap uh i I put a second option uh so since you have that one i'm gonna go with my other favorite which was using shark repellent to battle a shark or to ward off a shark um of course i i love that moment again because you know when you watch the show there's a level of absurdity to it that as a kid you take deathly seriously but even though there's levels of absurdity on the show i think the bomb moment and the shark moment reach Entirely new levels of absurdity which you have to if you're taking this to the big screen like if you think about it When a TV show makes its way to a big-screen adaptation what happens they go bigger, right? And more extravagant. So that's what this was doing and The shark repel is so iconic that it recently made an appearance when Batman was traveling the multiverse in issue 900 of the main Batman series and it was done beautifully and i just smiled with glee when i saw it in the comic and i smiled again when watching this clip on youtube preparing for this show uh and so that's why that moment is on my list um,
2: shark repellent bat spray was on my original top 10 list as well
1: okay it's, all right, it's
2: good. so good that i had two batman 66 moments in my top 10.
1: So, you know what, you're going to have, we're going to have a field day when we, you and I sit down and review those Batman 66 comics that DC put out a couple of years ago. That's going to be fun because we're both huge fans of the show. So that's going to be a blast, uh, but that'll be, you know, a few episodes down the road. But next up, we're going to take it all the way up to Batman from 1989, starring of course, Michael Keaton, who in just under a week will return in the flash but for my top moment in uh batman 89 has to be the rooftop the rooftop uh the first appearance of batman and the subsequent battle with the thugs because that opening shot sets the table for the type of batman we're going to see in this back then new iteration right um and just like the the outspread the cape, like it's so sweeping and and grand, and he you know he leaps down and he gets shot, but he like you know he stands right back up because of the armor, right? And then he just proceeds to beat the crap out of those two guys. Um, and um, so uh, that's the moment for me. And we had the uh, the the the. The movement double, who performed that scene on an episode of the show, me and uh, me and Donny interviewed him, the the, the ballet uh, bat as he as he calls himself, uh, back in December. So if you haven't heard that uh, that uh, episode, you'll go I'll watch that episode, go back and 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 watch it. It was a great interview. Uh, but that's my moment. So uh, Chris, what's yours?
2: Well, I had the same moment because okay. as an eight-year-old seeing this in the cinema,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, coming from knowing Adam West's Batman, this was a completely different interpretation of the character. So mm-hmm. I had seen the trailers and the commercials leading up to the movie, and um, when you see those two guys on the rooftop going through what they've stolen from the, the family down in the alley, um you see you don't hear him but you see batman appear from the back um and then they're talking about him and the one guy is saying like he's he's worried about the bat and the other guy's like the bat don't give me that like you know he's just he's he's just a, a figment of their imagination or whatever but then batman descends upon them um and um you know this was our first up close look at michael keaton AKA Mr. Mom AKA Beetlejuice as Batman (laughs) and he holds the thug up and he says I want you to tell all your friends about me and the thug says what are you and he says I'm Batman And in that moment you realize that this is a a serious uh, kick-ass take-no-prisoners type of Batman and Mm. for my little eight-year-old brain I could barely uh contain myself with what i was seeing it's it was just phenomenal still my favorite part of the movie
1: so so good it's just it's just amazing uh and of course uh, michael keaton would return in batman returns uh three years later in 1992 so chris what's your favorite moment from that film
2: okay uh so batman returns i saw as an 11 year old and Mm -hmm. um it is, it takes things even darker than its predecessor did in 89. Um, Tim Burton was able to go full Tim Burton in this movie. So a lot of it didn't click with me as an 11-year-old. Um, it, there are parts of it that uh, I didn't really yeah. appreciate until like later on in life, I guess. Yeah. Um, but my favorite scene in the movie is um, in the masquerade ball when uh when bruce and selena both realize who they are yeah and my favorite line in the scene is when selena says does this mean we have to start fighting now um because they're two people who seem to be falling for each other you know um and then when you see in their eyes when uh i think it's when bruce says a kiss can be even deadlier if you mean it you know um which is what she had what catwoman had said to batman previously on in the rooftop scene um the the two actors play it so perfectly um and th- you know what i always found interesting about this scene is that they're in like a masquerade ball so everyone else has masks on but they're like the two people who aren't wearing masks yet they they do wear masks in their other persona as
1: as yeah. batman and catwoman but and it's funny their civilian identity is very much in this iteration, their mask, right? So that's kind of uh, you know, a sort of double entendre on the whole affair. But that's that's a great moment, and it kind of you know is the predecessor to my moment, which is the aforementioned rooftop battle and then kiss in the mistletoe because it just echoes their the push and pull of their relationship so well in that there is something there there is a love there there is there is you know feelings there but there's also that well i'm fighting for gotham and justice and she is on the opposite side of that it is very much a kind of romeo and juliet type of scenario for these two uh and that is physically on display in that rooftop scene and then i mean the the case under the mistletoe has got to be one one of the one of the most romantically disturbing things i've ever seen because i'm like wait a minute because when you're a kid it's like like it goes over your head but it's like well an adult, it's not bellies like all right that's just i mean on the one hand from like two thumbs up for batman because good for him but also like she's licking him in the face and that's you know like <laughs> it's kind of weird uh, it's very very kinky, but uh, which is which, you know, goes with this movie. When you hear what Max Shrek uh, says to the penguin, <laughs> uh, but I won't, That's a different podcast. But that that scene was my moment because it encapsulates the push and pull of the relationship, but on a physical, you know, in, in a literal manner through their through their you know, their battle. Uh, and the and the one you talked about is more emotional, internal. So. I think we covered the spectrum uh, on both sides there with those choices. Um, Okay, so my next choice, which is um, for Batman Forever, the the movie that we talked about in our news bit, uh, I'm going to go with the initial uh, fight between... Batman and Two Face that opens the movie, the bank vault, the bank vault uh, fight, if you will, because in that action sequence, we're seeing Batman do things that he didn't do in really in the in the in the first two Burton movies, like his movements, like the swinging, you know, to 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 keep up with the helicopter. the way he leaped he leaped downwards when he, you know when he punches through the, the 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 helicopter to get a two-face and you know the fighting like they're they're in the helicopter in air fighting right like even leading up to that like the whole scenario in the elevator right with the with the where he's hanging upside down and then you know that kind of stuff was so like and this is I know some people think this is a bad term. I don't I think it's a great term. It's so comic booky and that, that I was like, well I'm like, I was transfixed uh, uh, by it and I still you know on rewatches I still I still enjoy it. And even as ridiculous as this is, like you know they're showcasing in those scenes those specific scenes that I talked about. They're showcasing his you know action, his fighting prowess. But then in the scene where he's saving the the, the uh, security guard, you know, he takes his hearing aid and uses it to help them get out of uh being locked in that vault so they're showing batman's intelligence and ingenuity at the same time so i think it's a great balance and it kind of reminiscent of the batman you see in batman the animated series to a degree so i I love that scene but that's my favorite so uh what's yours from forever hmm
2: I have a few scenes that I really enjoy from this movie. I was right in the wheelhouse when this movie came out. I was 14 years old. Yeah. I had all the posters on my mm-hmm. wall for each Great individual poster, character. The
1: character. Yeah,
2: yeah. I was, I was in, I was really into it. Um, my favorite scene is when uh, Two Faces and his goons interrupt the Nigma party and batman comes crashing through the skylight to take them down and uh i remember it being on the commercials but when batman comes crashing through the skylight enigma turns to two-face and says your entrance was good his was better oh um, yeah, <laughs> co- yeah it really was um this was uh val kilmer's batman getting to go uh one on 20 with two Face's yeah. goons who eventually end up getting the better of him at the end of the fight when he's uh, diving down through the uh, chute and they hold up the red tubing that he slides through into their pit at the bottom. Um, But the scene from the beginning of it when everyone's just, you know, standing around or, you know, celebrating to Two-Face's goons busting in to Batman breaking in and, uh, you know, being a one-man wrecking crew, um, this was my favorite scene from the movie but honorable mentions for a couple others including yours
1: awesome And I gotta I gotta point this out This is a top that my cousin bought me one year for my birthday Sweet. It's, uh, From the u2 tour in uh, in dublin and when she went to go uh, see them and it's it's funny because obviously u two had a big uh, presence uh, with batman forever on the soundtrack with uh hold me throw me Kiss me, kill kiss me kill me, me. yeah that was, yeah with that song so it just so happened by accident that i'm wearing this top tonight but it, it fits really? i had that
2: soundtrack for sure i, I had still have
1: it. i still have that soundtrack digitally now but uh but i have it and i it's st- as the young as the young ones say today it still slaps in my opinion uh, yep. but um so what's Your next moment from the infamous sequel to Batman forever Batman and Robin
2: man it's hard to come up with a favorite moment from this movie because so much of it is just stuff that you try to forget ever happened Um, but my my favorite scene is uh, John Glover as the mad scientist uh, creating poison ivy Mm. Um John Glover is so over the top. This was obviously before uh Lionel Luther. Yeah. Um you know so at, at this point in time I don't really know who the guy is. Um but the voice of
1: the in, in in the, Batman, animated, the animated, animated series.
2: series. Yeah. Yep. Um so uh he he plays it so he's such a ham. Um and he's so um over-the-top with his when she when pamela eisley is on to him and finds out what you know that he's using her uh her um research and stuff for nefarious means um you know he's just very very matter of fact about it and he says and now you have to die which is how every villain should um approach killing their their victims very matter-of-factly um but in a movie of a lot of stuff that i don't want to remember uh john glover is a high point
1: all right so because everybody who knows me knows that i really can't stand this movie if it's okay with you chris i'd like to bring up two scenes okay so because who would have thought i have two positive things to say about this movie other than my usual joke which is the end credits Uh, because it's over but um no but so the first moment is when Bruce is talking to Alfred and you know he's in the midst of having that argument with with Dick Grayson you know but you can't you know you have to do things the way I I'm telling you to for your own safety blah 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 and he says to Alfred who's sick and dying at this point and he says to Alfred he goes is it really my way or the highway and Alfred goes yeah, he goes because what is Batman if not an effort to cheat death itself? And then Bruce says to him, "But I can't, can I?" Uh, and he and he has this memory of Alfred, you know, taking care of him at his at his parents' grave, and and just the emotion between George Clooney and, and
2: uh, uh, Michael Michael
1: Go, yeah uh was fantastic in a movie that is full of nonsense the fact that an emotional you know emotionally tugging scene could come out of there is is, is you know there was a movie trying to trying to poke its way through uh, an otherwise ginormous toy commercial
2: yeah um, it is it's a it's a great scene it just it feels out of place in yeah. this movie that it's in
1: yeah the other scene is similar but it's batman after defeating mr freeze saying asking him to help save alfred's life and he says you know vengeance is easy you know vengeance doesn't give you power taking a life doesn't give you power saving one does if you help me You know, I'll I'll set you up at Arkham, you can continue your research and save your wife and be the man that she married all those years ago. And, And Mr. Freeze agrees and gives him the thing and then says, the stupid, take two and call me in the morning nonsense. But aside from the nonsense part of it, that delivery reminded me so much of the way Batman interacted with Mr. Freeze during the animated series. Always trying to appeal to his better nature, always trying to save him you know, to help him save his wife, you know, it was very much in the vein of uh, what George was doing in that scene in the vein of in the animated series. So that's why uh, I appreciated it, and it was actually delivered uh, quite well on George's end of the equation. So those are my tie-for-top uh, two scenes in in those mo- in that movie.
2: Um, yeah, I do like how they made it, how they tied in Alfred's um McGregor sickness one, with yeah. I, what do they call it McGregor syndrome, mcgregor syndrome
1: yeah
2: which is the same thing that uh wife, freeze's yeah. wife suffers from so that gives freeze uh it gives him some agency something that he can do to be of of good and of useful purpose
1: right uh yeah so that's mine for batman forever uh fast forwarding from 1997 all the way through 2005. Um I gotta go for Batman Begins. I gotta go with hmm, there's the whole thing is full of good scenes, but I'm gonna go because it's kind of taking it full circle. The doc scene when Batman first appears, because from the from the villain's perspective it's like they're in a horror movie they yeah. cannot see what's attacking them and that is the stealth of Batman that we hadn't seen on that level uh in live action to that point like it was even taking things to another level from the Burton the first Burton film um and you know the end of that scene where where he's where he's hanging upside down and the guy is shooting the gun He's like where are you and he's like here and then he just you know that uh, that was just i'm like okay that's uh, again that sets the tone is like whatever you saw before this ain't it like this is a whole, whole different ball of wax so that was my favorite among a movie full of favorite scenes uh, but chris yours
2: man like you said it's hard uh both for this movie and for the next one to narrow them down because there are so many good scenes. Um, But for this one, I will pick the uh, rooftop tumbler chase scene. Mm -hmm. Uh, From this, this is the first time we see the tumbler really in action. We see it earlier when Batman and Lucius are test driving it uh, Mm -hmm. and Batman, or Bruce Wayne, utters the, the classic phrase, does it come in black? Uh, but the the chase scene is the first time we see it in action um, yeah. and it all begins with uh, Gordon saying I'll get my car and Batman says I brought mine. Yeah, and then you see the tumbler um, and now it is black like as he had requested um, and uh, You see the Gotham City the GCPD uh, officers and their cruisers driving on street level and looking up above and trying to follow the tumbler that's traveling on on rooftops and shedding um, uh, shingles and bricks and stuff all in its wake. Um, so this was our introduction to a new type of Batmobile, where we saw the the sleek and um, slick Batman or Batmobile from '89's uh, Batman, and then it evolved into the glowing fluorescent. Um, you know, uh, toy seller that that we had in Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Uh, this is a new brutal, punishing Batmobile that's not going to take any prisoners. And I think this chasing highlights just how really badass it is.
1: Agreed. All right, so take us to the Dark Knight. What's your favorite moment? Oh from man,
2: <sighs> this is. <laughs> It's really tough, right? Because um,
1: whichever ones you don't pick, I'm probably gonna pick. So go ahead, <laughs> rip the bandai out. There's
2: so many good ones, but my favorite scene from the movie is the Joker interrogation scene, um, it, which obviously starts out with uh, Gordon uh, trying to get through to Joker, and Joker's playing his little mind games with him. Uh, and then Gordon gets up to leave, and and Joker says, "Oh, the good cop, bad cop routine," and Gordon says, "Not exactly." Um, and he leaves and closes the door behind him, and Batman immediately slams Joker's head into the table. Um, from that moment, from the beginning of the scene, all the way until the climax of the scene when Batman uh, bolts out of the room to go find Harvey and uh, Rachel, who are being held in two different locations. Um, you're, you're in the room with them. Um, you feel the tension. You feel kind of the claustrophobia. You feel... Um, You know, you feel the threatening presence of Batman Um, and Joker is being uh, beaten and thrown into walls and having his hand crushed and the entire time he's laughing because he knows that he has something over Batman. Even uh, when he gives the addresses of where Dent and Rachel are, he mixes up the addresses so they go in different locations. So he's still toying with them even in that moment um but in a, in a movie full of standout scenes and amazing performances by both of its two leads i think they're both the best in this scene
1: i had a feeling you would take that scene uh as most people will on their list uh, but so i took the scene that sort of sets it up the one where batman is chasing the joker uh and we get the debut of the bat pod and then the bad pod proceeds that was
2: the other one on my list from that movie yeah
1: yeah in the middle in the middle of the street the bad pod flips over the joker's massive truck um but it's the scene is more than just a, a visual spectacle because i think what it shows is it shows the deeper uh interaction between Batman and Joker in the sense of how destructive destructive their relationship as it were is like it it displays that what you were seeing what what we see internally in the scene that you're that you talked about we see played out physically in the destruction that Batman causes to get the Joker and then the toppling of the truck right but all all the while when Batman could have easily run him over after the fact, he still dodged and and did it. So it shows you, you know, as far as Batman is seemingly willing to go, he won't go that far with the Joker. So, um, that I picked that, that that I was just wild by that scene when I saw it oh, in yeah. the IMAX theater when when uh, way back in uh, in 08 That was what a what a scene, what a movie, uh, just fantastic.
2: And remember seeing it in the theater we all thought Gordon was dead. Yeah, yeah. Because they went to his house and told his wife he was dead and then yeah. when he pulls off the mask and he says I got you you son of a bitch. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Um that yeah. the whole theater erupted because yeah. it's it's an awesome end to a very tense and climactic scene yeah. but Gordon was alive.
1: And you believe it that and you could believe Gordon was dead because nolan sort of set this up that it was you know batman in this hyper realistic world so theoretically anything could happen right like mm-hmm. aside from aside from batman you know having to remain alive you know gordon potentially being killed off is something plausibly believable so but both great scenes in a phenomenal movie uh, and and there's not much more you could say about that uh, other than heap its praises okay so next we've got the dark knight rises and so the scene that i've got again in a, in a movie where there's a plethora of great scenes it's got to be the final battle between batman and bane in the midst of you know the cops and all of beans you know squadron if you want to call them that like in broad daylight like it, it was just an absolute war like and it was an assault like you're watching it and you know, again watching these movies in imax which i did you're immersed in this thing so you feel like you're in the midst of it all uh and you know after everything batman had been through up up to that point to see him finally like get the better of Bane, right and again in doing so showing off his intelligence by i gotta get i gotta break i gotta damage the mask because that's giving him the you know that's allowing him to breathe and giving him the extra oomph to kind of kick my ass so if i take out that mask then i can i can take him out so it's it shows bruce's prowess physically but also Mentally as well. That's why I like that scene, uh, you know uh, And then so that was mine. It was just it, it was like some some massive war epic, right? You uh, it, it, just like wow, what like what am I watching? So
2: I, I remember um, seeing the the set photos of them filming that scene and I was like, wow, this looks Massive.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
2: and you got all the like the cops against Bane's crew. Yeah, Yeah, it's really big
1: good scene. It's phenomenal. Yeah. What was yours?
2: Uh, So for this movie I chose uh, Bruce rising from the pit Um, You know he I remember reading nightfall as a kid I read the comics and I read the novelization of the comics one uh, one summer trip that I took With my family um and so i had always wanted to see that brought to the big screen Mm -hmm. and when you see bane break batman's back in this movie um and you see him get tossed into the pit you know he's almost he's discarded and left and forgotten um but then he's able to um somehow uh gain the strength and the um will To do something that nobody's ever done before and that's make it out of that pit Well, one person has done before which was Bane. Yeah Um, but it just shows his his will his strength his determination Um, and you have everyone all the other prisoners of the pit Um chanting for him, you know, and that creates a really like ominous kind of like soundtrack behind his attempt to get up and of course he slips and falls down and smacks back into the wall the side of the of the pit um but he gets back up and goes again um so yeah you're right there are a lot of tough a lot of good scenes in this movie so it's tough to choose one but that's my favorite
1: and you know what the the music aids that scene that you're talking about so well like i mean you're rooting for him because bruce wayne's batman but right but on top of that that music you'll root for anybody to climb out of whatever hardship. They're they're going through <laughs> Even if you can't stand the person you'd root for them, right? So but yeah, the music was great as well in that scene Um, maybe that'll be an episode in the future favorite uh, musical cues from batman scores. We could do that um Elfman would have three quarters of the <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But there's so many but Alfman would be up there. Um, all right, so BBS, take it away
2: Oh, man, um, I like me some BBS, man, especially the Ultimate Edition, the extended edition. I think it fills in the movie. It's the best
1: version, yeah.
2: With a lot of stuff that you miss out of the original version. Um, But one scene that I think towers above everything else is the Martha rescue scene. This is the Batman um, fight scene that I had been waiting, I guess, uh, 30 something years to see. he is tactical he's brutal um every uh every strike and every move that he makes um is calculated um and it's i know so much of this was done not by ben affleck but by his stunt double richard citrone Mm -hmm. and richard i think deserves all the credit and all the praise in the world for this scene because they make it look so good um you know this is the this is our introduction to Affleck's Batman and what he's capable of and he's capable of quite a lot Um, But yeah, that's my favorite scene in this movie.
1: Yeah, I mean To that point uh, and Some could argue still to this day That's the best Batman fight scene uh, On film no question about it Uh, So, you know uh, Uh, definitely. Uh, that was one of my options. Uh, but uh, since you chose that one, I have my second option, which was right at the beginning of the movie or early on when they are recreating the scene for Man of Steel where buildings are getting you know toppled over by heat vision and, and, and the battle between Superman and Zod. Um, we see Bruce Wayne in Metropolis uh witnessing all this and he's you know going through the, the damaged city trying to help you know escort people away from the danger and he sees um um one of the wayne uh wayne enterprises uh, employees that's in metropolis uh sort of underneath the rubble he helps save him but then he runs in even more into the into the into the chaos when he notices a little girl, a piece of the, the a piece of the building that's teetering, you know, a pillar of the building that's teetering is about to fall on on this little girl, and he dives in and, and slides in and rescues her, and then, uh, you know, says, "Let's let's go find your mother." And he's like, "Where's your mother?" And she points up to the you know the the, the damaged building, and Bruce just hugs her and kind of looks up, you know, all angry and pissed off as he would. Um, those scenes of Batman while while everybody else is running away from the danger, but Bruce is running towards the danger, without his costume and without his gadgets, shows you the hero that Bruce Wayne is in a movie that's going to later position him for three quarters of it as an antagonist. So I really appreciate uh, this particular scene because it shows the heroism of Bruce Wayne. So i really like that scene um it's a good scene you're right it's
2: a good introduction to uh zach snyder's interpretation of the bruce wayne character
1: yeah yeah um so uh, for justice league which is the next uh film um i was gonna go with an action scene but i'm not uh, i'm gonna go with a more personal scene it's from the theatrical. I know people are gonna yell and scream over that, but I <gasps> don't how? Um, how yeah. could you? I know it's blasphemy, but here it is. It's the scene where Barry is all out of sorts when they're you know they've tracked down the Steppenwolf to the to the silo or whatever the hell he is, uh, and he's he's got all those people captured, and so sort of Barry's kind of like intimidated or or a little bit scared or what have you, and he's like, you know, to confess I've never done this before. I usually just. Uh, push people out of the way what you know what am i supposed to do and he's like focus on one just save one and then you'll know what else to do you'll know what to do afterwards i like that because that's how i imagine batman would be with a robin in this universe and training and and fighting beside a younger crop of heroes uh so i really like that aspect of the scene that's something that we hadn't seen batman do since 1997. so seeing him mentor somebody and give them that heroic you know that guidance and that heroic advice was a plus for me uh, that i really really liked Uh, and it sort of kind of sets up their relationship you know kind of what we're going to see in the flash between ben affleck's bruce and ezra Miller's barry allen so uh you know I, I really enjoy that scene uh so uh so kudos to affleck for that uh what about you uh for your justice league scene, chris uh
2: my favorite scene in uh it comes from zack snyder's justice league and okay. it's the nightmare scene which pays off uh what had been shown in the um the nightmare sequence in bvs and which was going to lead to uh additional um scenes in further movies which never obviously ended up coming around Mm -hmm. um but uh this shows batman leading our Group of ragtag heroes and uh, some not even heroes because mm-hmm. Deathstroke and Joker are there. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> he's leading the resistance against uh, Dark Side and uh, Superman, who is now working for Dark Side. So this shows how dark things could possibly get. Um, it it kind of ah uh, it relates back to Cyborg's vision that he had earlier in the movie. When um, he saw when he touched the mother box and saw what could possibly come, and then this happens later. Um, But this is one of the additional scenes that Zack Snyder threw in when they did additional photography for it. So um, you know, I I really like how it's shot. You know, apparently Affleck and Leto weren't even on set together, um, Mm. and they they make the scene look as if they're having a conversation with each other. Mm. Um, But yeah, this is uh, a dark premonition. Of what the world could be if Superman ever were on the wrong side of things,
1: and it was it was cool, even though we, we we saw it but we didn't really see it. But to have this iteration of Batman and that iteration of the Joker have a meeting on screen because you know we kind of saw it in Suicide Squad, but they didn't interact. We're here; they're interacting, and. I feel that if you're going to do, if you're a director and you're going to do a Batman movie or a Batman-related movie, you're going to want, you. There should be a Batman and Joker interaction at some point in your film series. So I'm glad that was able to be achieved uh, in, in, with Zack Snyder's take on on Justice League, and also I do really dig the way Affleck's Batman looks in that trench coat nightmare outfit. Uh, it's pretty, pretty sweet yeah um so uh, good choice um and that brings us to the most recent iteration of batman robert pattinson's the batman and so chris what is your favorite scene from that so uh,
2: my favorite scene from the batman is the um police precinct escape scene well, mm. I mean, the whole scene, not just the escape. Um, but it's when uh, Batman is laying on a table in what looks like a police interrogation room. Uh, and they're shining a light in his eyes, trying to see if he's responsive at all. And then um, one of the officers goes to remove the towel, and Batman wakes up and freaks out. Um, and everybody in the room wants uh, a piece of Batman, except Gordon. Gordon is the only one who's standing up for them even when the guy's like jim you're still gonna stand up for this guy
1: yeah. <laughs> right he's
2: still and then uh so gordon kind of like hatches this little scheme in order to help batman get out he he wants the room just to the two of them so he can talk to batman one-on-one and then he's like hey man you're gonna have to punch me to get out of here so batman like decks him one good time and gordon gives him the key to to lock the door behind him So Batman takes off out of the room, um, uses his grapple gun, uh, as we've seen um, from other Batman movies in the past. I think this is the first time he does it in this movie. Uh, Mm -hmm. But he uses it to um, ascend up through the middle of the staircase. And then when he reaches the uh, top of the building, um, he goes into his little squirrel suit. Uh, and and flies off toward to safety Well, I, safety? Um, because as he <laughs> checks parachute he gets caught on the bridge and uh, tumbles uh, to the ground uh, So this is still a Batman who hasn't quite worked out all the kinks of all of his gadgets yet um, But he still has some really cool toys that he's trying to use to help him get out of sticky situations uh, but this is you know kind of the big it's showing the bonding of the Gordon And Batman characters, how they trust each other, and uh, will lean on and even protect each other.
1: Which is, to this point, probably my second favorite uh, iteration of the the Batman-Gordon relationship. Uh, It it could, ultimately, by the time Matt Reeves is done with his proposed trilogy, could end up being my favorite uh, version of Batman-Gordon, depending on how it goes. But right now, it's my second favorite. Uh, I, I... have you seen the re-edit of that of that precinct scene that you're talking about with the um some of the theme music from batman 66 and and the and the, and the, and the you know the power visual i have not somebody did it on youtube and surprisingly it works i liked it i dig. i, I dug it <laughs> it was pretty funny track it down if you can you'll have, a, you'll have a laugh. um okay so my scene from this movie again in a movie full of them right great Batman scenes. It was hard to pick, but I picked the scene in the third act where Batman dives in to the the flooding uh, uh, Gotham Square Garden uh, and and rescues a uh, whole heap of Gotham citizens that if Batman wasn't there to lead them out of danger, would have probably drowned uh and he's got the light and, and 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 he's you know guiding them out and the first the first uh person that he rescues is the young kid that you know he saw at the crime scene at the beginning of the film right uh you know with a the, with the bright red light and the music you know the, the michael giacchino score you know kicking in to high tempo in that moment and then right up until the very end where he's waiting for that young girl to Get airlifted, uh, you know, medevac out of there, and he's holding your hand and you know waiting until they're lifted The reason why I like that those moments so much is because I think this is really the transition from you know vengeance vigilante, you know, that calls himself vengeance, to heroic Batman. Yep, and you know. Yes, Batman is dark. Yes, he operates in the shadows. But remember, Batman uses fear to scare the shit out of criminals. He is a symbol of hope to the citizens of Gotham, and these scenes uh, show that fantastically. So that's why I chose uh, that particular segment of the film i think it's fantastic and uh it just left me anticipating watching this version of batman grow uh, even more so into the you know the character that we're we're expertly familiar with at this point
2: so yes it's it's showing batman more in a hopeful light and not like a scary light
1: yeah yeah which there needs to be a balance it can't just be all one or all the other right
2: well criminals should fear him
1: Absolutely. but everyone yeah. else should yeah.
2: look up to him ho- at with with hope and optimism like a
1: five-year-old should not be scared shitless of batman right, right. a thief a killer should be but not a five-year-old um so so there, there you go um but uh, yeah that 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 pretty much wraps up our list of of favorite Batman scenes throughout his live action film appearances, yeah. I'm sure come June sixteenth, we will be adding to that list uh, if if the flash has done their job right?
2: I'm going yeah. to see it on June seventeenth, so everybody stay out of my DMs. And yeah, my I will not messages. spoil it
1: for you uh, the day before once I see it. I will not <laughs> I gotta I wait for my that. kids.
2: I, I can't I can't see it early without that. I will
1: give you I will give you a thumbs up. i will I will give you a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Chances are it's gonna be a thumbs up. Uh, unless they really screwed the pooch which i doubt uh but but i that's as much as i will i will divulge to you but until we get a chance to add to that to this list with with scenes from the flash as far as our batman are concerned uh you can talk with chris and i about batman on social media so chris where do they track you down
2: uh i'm on twitter as previously mentioned my screen name is Commodore Schmidt Lap, so you can just look that up, or you can use my actual uh at, which is Chris in Harrelson, and uh you know I've started playing around on YouTube more, so if anybody like comments on the video on YouTube, I'll be in the comments there. I'm starting to like figure that out too. my kids are way into YouTube a lot more than I am it's uh, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm still learning it I'm learning that's, the landscape
1: that's usually that's usually how it goes all right awesome um and if you want to track me down the twitter handle is at adam underscore LeastFan. the podcast network has its own twitter handle at mmnpdc chris previously mentioned the facebook group click that i will add which is linked in the description below click it i'll add you we can continue the conversation there but until next time remember that batman will always uh, have heroic moments on film and they will last forever From his first big heroic rescue, or entrance, to the last. So long, everybody.